You're listening to the Paranormal Priestess Podcast with psychic medium Elizabeth Grove, the Paranormal Priestess, where the supernatural is natural. TheParanormalPriestess.com Hello, welcome to the Paranormal Priestess Podcast. I am your host, psychic medium Elizabeth Grove. Another great show for everybody. Um, I have a very special guest who's here to talk about the paranormal. Uh, Before we get to that, I just want to thank people who have been supporting the show, either on Twitter at PriestessPod or have been uh, going to GoFundMe and just showing your support there, donating, anything. Uh, that's been really fantastic. I, I truly appreciate it. Uh, for those who would like to know more about me and the services that I offer, I just want to let you know you can go to theparanormalpriestess.com and you can go check out my bio. I have my entire journey there. Um, the services that I offer, I offer our readings, uh, psychic medium, angel readings. They're kind of a combined mixture. And there's an hour reading. There's also a half an hour reading. And now I offer a brand new service called Spirit Extractions. And this is a service that's highly rare, very unique, and it's it's going to be clearing at on a remote level. So I can clear anywhere in the world, all different levels of dark entities, um, and that's also including on a soul level. So it's very powerful stuff. If you want to know more about that, definitely go to theparanormalpriestess.com. Also, you can find me on Facebook, on my page, The Paranormal Priestess. I definitely always post on there, all various things. Um, you'll also, you can see my blogs on there. And you can also f- see the show on there. You can listen to the show because I post the show. I also post information about the various guests that I have. So those are ways of uh, getting in touch with me. Um, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have my website. And uh, I always love connecting with people so don't be shy if you want to just send me a message or let me know how you're enjoying the shows any comments anything like that uh, love to hear from you on today's show we are going to be back talking about the paranormal and we haven't been doing that for a little while so I'm actually really excited um, because I have someone here who is just such a great lady and her team is just such a credible team. Uh, Angela Artuso, uh, she's a paranormal investigator who is the director of Gotham Paranormal Research Society, uh, which is a TAPS family team. It's the family Northeast Liaison located on Long Island, New York, and she was raised in a house with activity in Brooklyn, New York. And she was discovered that she was able to speak with spirits at the age of five. And from there, she began a mission to understand what she's been experiencing while growing up. Gotham Paranormal Research Society has had the privilege of spending countless hours and many historical structures in New York on the East Coast, as well as helping clients on a private basis. Uh, Angela feels that being able to help and educate people about the paranormal is by far one of the greatest rewards of doing this work, and I really commend her on that. Angela is also heavily involved with the TAPS family organization as an administrative assistant. She puts much effort into spreading awareness, education, and participating in many public events and fundraisers, fundraisers, as well as remaining an ongoing supporter of many historical locations. And I, I truly respect that. Um, that's a wonderful thing. Gotham Paranormal believes in giving back to the community and makes it a point to offer year-round lectures and presentations in many different locations around uh, Long Island, also in the universities community programs, historical societies, as well as they have been featured on local news channels such as Fox and Friends, and they've been featured in various publications. So great team. Great to have Angela here. Angela, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How is everything? How are you? Oh, everything's great. Thank you so much for having me on today. I always love uh, talking to you. You always have so many great stories uh, to share, so many experiences. But what I love most about Gotham uh, is some of the things that I've mentioned in your bio is that you you guys are really into helping people. You're very credible. Not only are you you 
legit what you do, but you are into giving back to the community. You are into educating and letting people know that not only do spirits exist, but you let them know so much more about uh, just the whole entire field. And that that's very important. Um, can you share with listeners um, how Gotham uh, how Gotham works, actually? Like, what is your protocol for the team? Say somebody calls, they tell you they have activity. Um, how does your team function with the protocol? Well, as soon as we're contacted from the client, we, set, we have a very specialized preliminary form that we send out, and it's pretty extensive. Uh, it outlines everything that they're experiencing in the house. It also includes a lot of personal information. And the reason we have a lot of the personal information on there is there are many times that someone might be on a specific medication or they may have a specific illness uh, that can be confused with paranormal activity. Uh, It can cause anomalies such as difficulty with vision or hearing, seeing things, Mm -hmm. um, whatnot. So we start with that. It's very baseline. Um, There's also an area where they can list all the activity, when the activity started, who else witnessed the activity. Uh, We give them an opportunity to share any photos, videos, uh, anything that they may have captured. And uh, once we receive that form back, we then contact the client. We go over the form verbally, and then we set up a date for a, a preliminary investigation, an actual investigation. And sometimes you may not get anything on the first investigation. So we usually try to do two to three. Okay. And uh, we we spend the hours at that location. We go through the evidence, which can sometimes take weeks and weeks and weeks to go through. Because wow, yeah, I it, bet. Yeah, there's just so much. I mean, one hour of audio can take up to 46 hours, four to six hours to actually review. You know, people don't realize how long this takes. I think, do you feel like when people, um, they watch the shows and they're getting this very edited, watered down version of what's happening during an investigation, they don't realize how many hours and all the work and blood, sweat and tears, if you will, that's put put into going over all this evidence, right? Oh, they they have no idea. And they're shocked, like sometimes, because what they see on TV is, like you said, the condensed version. They don't see the behind the scenes work, what actually is being done, what takes place. Um, And then all the research that goes into it, too, because sometimes we'll find something that we need to verify. And we may need to go back to that location, try to recreate to see if we can recreate what caused the anomaly and and just go to various historical societies and you know tremendous amounts of research wow, yeah. and you know sometimes even calling in specialists to validate what we have not you know just all of that combined can take numerous numerous weeks to complete like we have a case now i think we're probably going on our uh, second to third year um not only with investigations, but things quiet down and then the client has called us back. So it's mm. constantly, you know, a constant shift. Something new will happen. And we always have that ongoing relationship with our clients, too. It's never a closed door. So we always leave that open with them whenever they need us. If something new is going on, just give us a call. We're, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's very complex and people don't realize it. Um, what factors determine whether or not you will take a case on? Like, have you been contacted for a case and it turned out that the claims were bogus? Um, probably that's that's happened to you or. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. the evidence captured, maybe like it just didn't back up some of these claims. Right. That goes along with the, the protocol that you were talking about. Right. Well, each case uh, we go through. uh with a fine tooth comb pretty much before we even step foot in the house. Um, a lot of times people, they'll watch the shows. They'll think it's a joke. They'll send in, uh, phony photos, you know, just, just to, just to get a rise out of you or they'll make up. There are some that just want to be on TV and you can really spot those people right away. Um, it's like a red flag. You, you can't miss it. Do they exa- <laughs> like do some people call in and they have activity, but they're actually exaggerating what's really there? Well, some people who think they, they want to be on they want to be on TV, they'll call you and say, my furniture's flying around the room. You have to come see it. It's really intense. You're not going to believe it. And and come by tonight at around six o'clock and you'll see all the furniture will be flying outside the house, up through the ceiling. You know, it's, you know, it doesn't happen that way, really. <laughs> so, yeah. 
you can really spot them a mile away. And uh, I mean, some of the claims are just crazy, but you know, you do the best you can with each person that contacts you. And, um, you know, the, the new thing that a lot of people don't realize is there's a lot of cell phone applications out now where people can doctor up photos and, you know, they can put alien faces in there. They can make eyes appear, you know, here and there and ghostly figures and say, look, I captured this ghost in my yard. Look, it's a little girl. It'll be all over social media in the, in the DMS and you're like, wow, what is this? I have no time for this today. Yeah, people do crazy things like that. And the people don't realize that you can, you know, there's a way of finding out when the photos are doctored up, too. There's an inside background uh, series of applications, actually, not just one. There's a whole bunch that can extract data from all your photographs and say, you know, see what programs you use to doctor them up. So, I mean, we go through a lot of different things when we're receiving evidence from people. It's not just cut and dry, you know, open up an email. Oh, we have to go to that house right now. We do a lot of background legwork, too. Uh, so, you know, we have to also think about the, our safety, the safety of our investigators. You know, we're not going to walk into a place. Absolutely. So I mean, there's a lot of things to consider and, you know, a lot of things to really evaluate before we step foot on a location. Yeah, definitely. You know, before we get into the evidence, because we are going to explore that, can you share with listeners, for those who don't know, what types of hauntings there are? What types of cases are you called in for? Uh, let's see. Um, there's intelligent hauntings. And that would probably be, you know, where there's actual communication with the family that's there. They'll, you know, see, it, it's, it actually interacts with the family um, or, the, or the historical location. Mm-hmm. You'll put something down and it will move it. So, um, you know, you'll say, put that back. It might put it back. You know, might not be right at that moment, but you may leave the room and find it in a different location. Right. So it's responding to your questions, responding to your, uh, if you ask them to do something. So you, you can tell that's it's, it's something that is um, absolutely con- communicating with you. Right. Right. There's also other types of hauntings too, where they'll, the, the images will replace very similar to that of watching a, a DVD or video, uh, where it just constantly replays over and over again. And that is not an intelligent haunting. It, it's, um, you know, it, it'll happen maybe the same time each night, every month. Um, another type of activity would be, say, poltergeist activity, where things are actually moving. There was a case in Hicksville. I think it was Hicksville or Oyster Bay, uh, the case of the, it's called Popper, Popper the Poltergeist Ghost. Mm. And you, you can call him up on Google. Uh, I forget how it's many years It's not too far ago. from where I live, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was just isolated to this one house and one house only. They had uh, police there, private investigators, you name it. That house was loaded from top to bottom trying to witness this activity. And they did. They did witness it firsthand. Uh, they called it Popper because he would make things pop. And I mean, it would just fly off the table, smash into the wall. They had things fly past their heads, the, the detectives. So, I mean, there's the whole case file on Google. And that was a true, honest-to-goodness case. The, the family moved out. And as far as I know, the family that took that moved in afterwards, there was no activity afterwards. Oh, I was going to ask you, was that something that was continuing? No, it was, uh, I believe, just huh. limited to that to that family, and that was it. But it's, it's an interesting case to read up on, and it was deemed, you know, honest and true and real. So for that family, what they endured. So definitely a fascinating case to read up on. Yeah, Poltergeist interest is very interesting, I feel, because I've gotten a couple of different um, definitions of poltergeist. And for one, I've heard that it's called, it's, Noisy ghost is what it's really called. Um, For other people, I've heard that poltergeist activity comes from, say, a a young woman that's going through her puberty and she has abilities and yet there's something, um, there's an activity that's happening within her space and that would be poltergeist. Um, It could be the series of two of them together. Right. They do attribute poltergeist activity um, to be more common in teenage years, uh, whether it be male or female, mostly because it, it, 
not exactly sure if it's the hormones that are actually triggering it um, or pretty much the hormones causing the emotional swings. The emotional energy. There right. you go. Maybe fueling it. Right. And that, you know, once they reach a certain age, it kind of starts to taper off. Um, but it's a lot of the cases we get will involve a teenager in the home. So that's definitely a very common occurrence. And especially if there is a tremendous amount of negative emotion in the home, we will see an increased amount of activity, you know, divorces, oh, yeah. um, mental health issues, um, things like that. We will see that activity will be high in those cases. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know what? So we talked about re residual, right? That's what we were talking about as far as uh, something yeah. happening over and over. We have the intelligent, which mm -hmm. is connecting and actually having your questions answered and knowing you're communicating. Um, have you ever came across like, um, like a cursed place or a cursed land or a place that maybe had a hex on it or something like that? Well, we're actually doing a case like that right now. Ah! Uh, <laughs> so Said the word. Yeah. <laughs> I must have read that. Your timing is right. Yeah. Um, we're, I, I can't disclose too much on the location. Oh, of course not. Um, That's fine. But there is an area of land uh, with, uh, I forget the, the actual amount of homes that are involved. It's not just one home. I would say probably about 20 to 30 homes are involved in this strip of land. And we've done a few of those homes already, but we're probably going to be going back and forth to doing a lot more. Wow. Every home in that strip, that one specific vicinity, has had nonstop activity, mm -hmm. including poltergeist activity. Things are being thrown um, at various times. And it seems to, a lot, a lot of the complaints seem to center about around angry men. Hmm. And uh, if a male is being rude to a female or whatever, uh, they will get something thrown at them from the home. So hmm. we were working on that. There are dents in walls. There are broken <laughs> pieces. Oh, boy. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, I haven't actually witnessed it with my own eyes, but more than one person is complaining about this. And, you know, you have 20 to 30 homes complaining about it where there's actually been town meetings on what is going on with our land. My Why are gosh. we all experiencing this? So we have our hands, you know, our hands full with this case. You're going to dig into the history, obviously. Yeah. Without yeah. giving anything away. But, yeah, you guys have a lot of work to do as far as records and finding out what took place on this land, what tainted it. Exactly, exactly. So it's, you know, a lot of Long Island is uh, the, it was inhabited, inhabited by uh, a lot of Indian tribes. Oh, here yes. Mm -hmm. so we have to do a lot of research on that. Um, we have to go back probably about 200 years for this one in particular for certain things that happened in this particular area of land. So again, we, we have several, you know, several things in the works, you know, all doing research right now. So right, right. But, wow. Yeah, but that's a, definitely a good question. <laughs> I, I had to ask that. So I, again, I, I guess I, I picked that up off of you. But um, OK, so we have those types of cases. Um, you know, the last one that I think of as a, a case that a paranormal team would be called in on would be, uh, say, if it was claims of non-human activity, uh, which I think a lot of times they people feel is rare. But I think that this kind of case is picking up a lot more um are you receiving calls for from like people who are really scared and they have really severe things happening to them uh we have had calls where people don't exactly know what the problem is they see figures while they're sleeping um, mm -hmm. that come to them in dreams. They wake up, they see yes. that person standing along the side of the bed. Right, right. Um, we, we get a lot of cases like that. And in those instances, um, if we can't find anything physically in the home or at the, you know, the business or wherever the location may be. And we've been there like three or four times and we've got absolutely nothing mm. on audio and nothing on video right. Th then we go outside the box um then we explore you know the use of mediumship and home cleansings and things like that if that's what the client would like to pursue okay so you offer that your team does offer those types of surfaces if they're 
We use specialists that would come you do. in. Okay. Yeah. We don't take that on ourselves because that's not something no, we do. No, that would be dangerous. Right. 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 So we leave that in the hands of the people who know what they're doing. <laughs> so, you know, you don't want to do something that's going to cause a family more harm. So right. if, if a cleansing needs to be done, we want to make sure it's going to be done the right way, the proper way, with Good. the proper, proper people involved. And um, that would be the, probably the next route that we would take to bring the family comfort, especially if it's a child. You know, you don't want to have a child that's claiming they're seeing people and see, I mean. That gets to my heart. That, Angela, that started it all for me. I know when there was a child, two-year-old being haunted. And when I hear that children are getting scared and that they can't even sleep in their own beds, and that just right. really, it tugs at me. It bothers me most, right? Right. It, it's because you're helpless. You, you, you try so hard to help them. They don't understand what's going on. And, and to have them live in fear. Um, again, we have a case right now where you know, this young woman is petrified to even be in her own home. And a lot of times what we do with cases like this too is we'll also recommend, you know, medical evaluation, make sure everything is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, when all else fails and they're starting to see people, you know, and you, that's when we go the next step and the next level. So, right. But your team is very good at ruling everything else out before you can call it actual activity, correct? Correct, yeah. We do our best to try to find reasonable explanations for activity. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, we go through everything with a fine-tooth comb, but then there are just sometimes there's just no explanation for something, or you'll witness something that you have no explanation for at all. So, you know, then, you know, if we can't find an answer, we just may say, you know, it's probably some activity going on here. And cautious to use the word haunted, but mm -hmm. most likely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, now what kind of, uh, you know what, what, I want to talk about the equipment for a second. I was going to mm -hmm. go into different types of activity, but I'm actually geared now to talk about your gear. So what types of uh, stuff do you use? I mean, do you use um, latest technology? Do you like to keep it a little bit more simplified? Uh, do you tend to use more equipment on some cases and maybe scale it back on others? Uh, does it depend on the case, what types of equipment you use? Or do you have a, just a strict protocol? You use the same equipment all the time? Uh, well, it does depend on the case. It does depend on the claims of activity, mm -hmm. the location. Um, we do have a baseline set of equipment that we use. Will probably be the DVR equipment, which is the infrared cameras. The DVR will set those up, or we'll use handhelds depending on the location if wires are an issue. Um, full spectrum cameras. Full spectrum, okay. Mm -hmm. Regular cameras, uh, audio. Uh, uh, gee, um, all different types of meters, um, you name it, we have them pretty much, uh, GoPro video cameras, full spectrum, modified, uh, head, headsets, headphones, um, do you I'm use sorry. like spirit box, maybe SB11 or SB7, yeah. do you use the Ovilus? Uh, we have Ovilus, uh, REM pods, I'm trying REM, to scan yeah. my head here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm trying to still get over this cold, so my head's a little bit... Uh, uh, Tripod cameras. Yes, all of it. Okay. We have. We just have so much, and amongst all our investigators, um, we have just about everything covered. But I, I do have to tell you that a lot of times your best piece of equipment is yourself. You have to I'm know. I'm so glad you said that. I, I tell you, we've been finding more and more. I mean, you spend a lot of money on this equipment. Right. Sometimes uh, there are meters that can go for $350, $450 piece. Uh, there are cameras that you can full spectrum modifications for $800 and up. And you're buying all these pieces of equipment and they're all not really guaranteed to do much of anything. You know, they're, mm. you buy them to try to help capture. Yes. But if you don't use them the right way, or if you just have an entity that just might be stubborn, <laughs> you know, you, you know what I mean? You, right, yeah. you have to use your own, your own sense. Your Sometimes own you don't get a response with the equipment, but you get the response with your body, right? You just, right. you never know, because they can manipulate all of those things. 
Right. And a lot of the equipment, too, can be manipulated by outside forces as well. That's true. You know, we come in, we have our, there are applications on cell phones that you can download and purchase. But, you know, a lot of times the cell phones will set off your other equipment. So you need to really have to set your baselines, know exactly the environment that you're in, get a feel for the environment, and just really take note of the conditions that are surrounding you at that moment and document what you feel, document what you see, because not all of it's going to be captured on equipment. And there's going to be a lot of it that you can't explain that you'll see. But Mm -hmm. again, that too will not be captured on equipment. So you have to, you know, keep your wits about you and stay alert. And again, feel what your body's picking up. Be your best. Your body, I believe, is your best piece of equipment that you're going to have anywhere. I completely agree with you. And it's not because I'm biased and I'm a psychic medium. But um, (laughs) I, I really do feel and you tell me if you agree with this, that the more that you expose yourself to these energies and especially if you've already had abilities or maybe they were perhaps a little bit dormant. But as you do this work, you open yourself more and more and more. And that also helps you to use your body more as a tool. So you may be getting the sensations more, the visuals more. You may be hearing maybe something inside of your head. And you're getting all this all this activity really happening within you that, right, perhaps the equipment is not even justifying what you're experiencing in that moment, right? Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of difficult to put into words but again like you said the more you do it the more you begin to pick up on certain things and and understand certain things and know pretty much feel how the course of the investigation is going like you'll know what route you should be taking with the client you know what i mean you'll know when it comes time like you know because you've done it yourself so you know that feeling you can sense that you feel that energy there are times we'll walk into a location where all of us we just won't feel anything you know and there are other times we'll walk into a room and say we feel the heaviness in the room we actually feel it and we'll set cameras up in specific areas by going how we feel like what are we sensing at that moment let's move on so it's it all comes into play it's like a full circle you know So that's really good that you are open to that side of things. So it's not just strictly the science of it and the technology of it, but you are well aware because you you are sensitive yourself and probably Mm -hmm. grown more sensitive doing the work that you also recognize that and you work with your own senses. So I really, I really like that. Um, that. That makes sense to me. It's balanced. We try to keep it as balanced as possible. I mean, we have people on the team who will strictly go by equipment. You know, their minds are open, but they'll pretty much be there documenting everything, you know, until they actually witness something with their own eyes. You know, they're they're not as sensitive. So we kind of keep each other all in balance. We don't rely on just one person's opinion on something. We do it as a team. You know, like, what do we feel about this location? What do we feel about that location? Did you feel anything? No. Did you feel anything? Yes. You know, we, we try to balance it best we can. And even our recommendations to the client are pretty much throughout the team you know what do we recommend as a team Mm -hmm. well this person will recommend this this and this this other person will recommend this this and this and then you discuss it with the client and you know again a lot of it is the client's belief system too which will determine the course of the treatment plan for them so right right because if someone is say very catholic they're going to obviously they're going to want a cleansing done from a catholic priest rather than someone who was a wiccan priest you know what i mean so you have to you have to really um do whatever the the client is comfortable with and they have faith in so that's Mm -hmm. that's very true very Mm -hmm. good um some of the evidence that you capture so we see a lot of this of course going on on television and things and um for instance how about orbs Um, People say that they capture pictures of orbs. A lot of times you see like cemetery pictures and there's there's orbs and things. How can you distinguish an orb from, say, maybe a camera flare? Like what what would you need to look for? Um, That's the biggest debate in history is the orb debate. Yeah, that's why I asked it. (laughs) (laughs) The um, most investigators will tell you that most orbs are caused by insects, flying insects or dust or moisture. Okay. Um, but 
there are orbs that we do feel can be, you know, a spirit orb. Um, Those will have a very distinct appearance to them. They will be different from your usual dust orbs and moisture orbs. Mm -hmm. Uh, They most of the time will have their own light source. Okay. They may have a tail attached to them showing like flying motion. And a lot of times how you can differentiate uh, from a dust orb would be it would have its own independent path. Like we had an orb, I think it's on our Instagram page uh, that we captured at the Morris Jamel Mansion. And it pretty much came across the stairwell, stopped, and then went downward. Like it had an independent path. Oh, so it moves intelligently. Yes. Ah. So there are certain, you know, you can find them. They're, they're rare. They do exist, though. But a lot of people are so focused and in tuned on all the dust orbs that they don't, you know, really look for the, the real ones. So or they get angry when you tell them, no, that's dust or that's a bug. We're not saying they don't that the real ones don't exist. It's just that they're hard to find. Yeah. Now, what I found um, what, the couple of times that I've also caught orbs is that they almost appear like a cell would like there's actual layers to it and Mm -hmm. then a center in it there is a nucleus yes yes and usually when i catch that i'm like ah okay and well this would be more of a valid orb right right you have to look for things like that um independent motion is you know one of the major key things to look for, mm-hmm. uh, which you can you can definitely tell. Like if you're filming, let's say you go in your room at night, you put your cell phone on, you put the video light on your cell phone, and you bang the bedspread a little bit, you'll see a tons of flying orbs in your room because it's it's just the motion of what's in the room, you know, fibers from the bed sheet and whatnot, and mm-hmm. you'll see that. But if you have a true independent orb, a real spiritual orb. That orb may move in front of your camera, hang out there for a little bit, move left, move right, hang out there again, and then maybe drop or go up. It'll have an independent motion. It'll have a different look from the other orbs, may have an independent light source within it. And like you said, it'll have a nucleus, a center, and uh, probably even radiate. But even radiate its own light is kind of hard to differentiate from some others, too, because depending on the light source in your room, you know, you could send a false sense of of lighting to the others but okay yeah i mean you can try that experiment and see you know so we we tell some people that at our lectures too you know because they claim that they go in their room at night they put their video light on and they see millions of them in the room we'll say well everybody can do that if, if you start banging your bed sheets and <laughs> no, i'm sure there's pounds of i don't even want to see what's in my bed well, there's probably the, dust galore who knows what but even just the regular you know the the fibers from the bed sheets you know just lint and, and whatnot yeah it, yeah when you bang we all have that stuff that, yeah we all have it so it's you know you can do your own testing on it and, and see how you can reproduce them and you'll see that or debunk you, them in that case right debunk them Right. Yeah. Now, different types of other uh, visual evidence, um, mists. Have you guys caught like a- an actual mist that you couldn't debunk, like a mist that you definitely feel was a spirit? Yes, we've had that. We've had that in many of our photographs, um, especially in uh, high activity locations. Mm-hmm. I- I've had several numerous actually photographs with mists in them and we include those in our presentations as well and there's no explanation for it you know we we've captured mists uh in rooms there no rain outside weather conditions were fine uh no reason for there to be a mist in let's say one area of a chair or a couch or even a hallway there's no explanation. So. No, I've caught one one time um, that was really pretty interesting because it went literally from the ground up diagonally, like right past the house, like went from the ground up. And I know that this is what I do, and you guys probably do this as well, is that I take many pictures afterwards to try to see if I can recreate that same picture. And if I can't do it, then I, that's telling me that that's a pretty valid piece of evidence. Yeah, we had we had been to uh, the Payne House in Rhode Island, 
and they had captured an actual mist in the barn. I think there's a video of it on YouTube. Um, might be pay, under Payne House, P-A-I-N-E, uh, and it was captured uh, with Rise Up Paranormal. And if you look at it, it's pretty interesting because someone was in there, and they were caught provoking, which we don't provoke. Uh-oh, okay. And after they left that area from provoking, this huge, crazy mist formation appeared in the camera. And it, it wasn't just a little tiny area. It seemed to have filled the whole room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wow. it's uh, not sure exactly what that was, but it was definitely brought on after being provoked. Um, but I think that's on YouTube. If you just search Rise Up Paranormal Pain House, it should come up. Hmm, I'm going to have but, to definitely look that yeah, up. Yeah, definitely an interesting one to see. You know, And you can see an actual live mist in the camera. It just forms and then disappears. Wow. Wow. Now, have you guys ever captured a picture that you felt at that time it was a possible face or something like that, but it actually turned out to be matrixing? Like, it's it's funny. Like, you have to have a trained eye to look at some of these pictures. Yeah. I've, I've had a lot of those from clients as well. Um, we've had positions of curtains where people thought it was a an actual face and a curtain looking at them when because it was the mind just, plays tricks on you yeah definitely um even looking at the moon how many times you know over the course of the years people would say they saw faces in the right moon. right or clouds oh well this looks like that that, mm-hmm. that looks like animal yeah yeah many a time and it's easy to do we all do it you know we all try to look for faces like when we were kids you know in the sky like you said look at the clouds mm-hmm. let's see a dog but it happens in photos numerous times even with us as investigators we'll go through and, and we have to run the photo through the team like what do you make of this <laughs> yeah okay or, yeah like recheck me on this <laughs> yeah we, we, all, we do it all the time or if it if we're all stumped on it and we're really not sure what we're looking at we'll go back to the location try to recreate it we've done ah. that Oh, okay. And that's, you know, again, how we can, we, we pretty much rule out if it's matrixing or if it's something that we really did catch. You know, if we can't recreate it using any test methods whatsoever, then, you know, we'll chalk it up to, you know, finding something there. So mm-hmm. now are there some pictures that you would actually go as far as to refer them to a professional photographer to analyze for you? Well, we have a professional photographer on our team. Oh, on your team. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that, that works out. Yeah. So uh, he's a teacher as well. So Perfect. it's, um, yeah. So if we hit something, you know, if we were really stumped, we'll fling it by him, you know, and have it researched further. But yeah, Nick is our photo specialist. So. Oh, good. That works out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, also different types of, say, objects that you've maybe you've captured. Have you ever captured an object that moved on command um say like you you said move this ball or turn on or turn off this flashlight have you ever captured intelligent activity you know just responding to those questions we have we have on uh, many occasion uh evp sessions we'll have certain pieces of equipment lined up and during that course uh we'll use that response as their response to yes and no questions mm-hmm. Um, you know, did you live in this location, you know, and set the equipment off for yes, you know, shut it down for no, things like that. Temperature changes we'll use. Uh, we've actually had responses to temp- temperature changes. Uh, if you're, you know, more than five people here, can you make the temperature rise and the temperature will go up mm-hmm. Se- seven degrees, not just one, but like seven to 10 degrees, or it'll drop drastically like 10 degrees and you'll actually feel the room get colder. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we've had responses and, and not just, I'm not just talking about temperature, um, but to actual devices too. Um, you know, we, we, yeah, we've had that happen many times. Yeah, because even with children, if there's a haunting where there supposedly is a child there, you can kind of take a toy out or maybe um, play some music or, you know, trigger objects, too. Um, mm-hmm. So it goes past even like that, like using trigger objects. Do you use that from time to time to just help? Yes, yes, we definitely do. Um, we'll set things up in various places, in a room, a hallway. I mean, especially even the REM pods. The REM pods are great for that uh, because if you're not in the room, you'll hear the REM pod. 
from whatever room it's placed right. in, mm-hmm. which is great because this way you don't have to be there to actually watch it go off. You can hear it go off. So we'll set things up with sound or if we're videotaping, we'll put something that lights up dramatically if it's touched or moved so we can be recorded on camera and film so we can capture it that way. Because a lot of times, you know, you won't capture something on voice, but you'll actually capture something that actually moves. So you know, it's all different. There is no set pattern for any of this stuff. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is very true. And uh, this is a question that I know many paranormal investigators talk about. It's kind of like as controversial as the orbs, but mm-hmm. with shadows, capturing shadows. Um, so many different views on shadows versus it being someone who passed away versus it being a shadow person or whether or not it's something else, possibly evil entity or demonic altogether. So um, there's a lot of views. So how does your team in particular uh, view shadow people or shadow phenomenon? Oddly enough, we haven't experienced that many shadow people on our cases. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say maybe one or two occasions we'd had actual shadow people, but uh, for the most part, no. Um, we don't make too much out of it. I mean, again, with shadows, it's very difficult to say what the circumstance. Could it have been a light from outside? Could it, you know, the position of another investigator standing right, in Right, to rule all that out, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean... You know, I've witnessed an actual shadow person and it it was the classic shadow person, you know, the shadow with the hat. With the hat, yeah. And I honestly, you know, in that particular instance where I saw that, uh, there wasn't anything negative in the home at that time. It was just, you know, they heard an old woman singing nursery rhymes and we, which we we heard live while we were there. There was no one in the house. It wasn't an attached house. It was completely separated from the, the homes in the area. And there was no one else in the home. So, But we were there in the middle of the night actually hearing an elderly woman singing a lullaby to a child. And we heard it live, but it didn't record. So um, this was also in the same home where we saw the shadow figure. So I, I wouldn't know what to tell you about the shadow figures. Okay, well, you know what? To me, it kind of sounds like don't ever assume that just because you're witnessing a shadow that it's always something that's evil. Right. Because um, in my realm of experience of things, it could it could very well be that it's someone who passed away, maybe even in a, you know, in a very tragic way, and they just don't have enough energy to create the light. It could be, but the thing that's interesting about every shadow person, I would probably say about a good deal of the time, it's the person with a hat. And it seems to be the same type of shadow figure that people witness seeing, which makes it odd because... It does make it odd. Yeah, I have heard cases with that too. Yeah, it is true. So yeah, we're still trying to understand what what all of this means. Um, A lot of times, I mean, I feel like there's sometimes a haunting that's going on where there's several different things, different things happening in the same exact location. Like you have someone who passed away in the home, but then again, you also have this shadow person that's not a good thing. And perhaps there's other things that are maybe evil entities Mm -hmm. around. And you have like a whole melting pot of things Mm -hmm. going on all, all together, but they're not necessarily connected. Right. And especially the old homes, the old historic locations and old True. buildings. I mean, they've changed hands over the years so many times. So you don't know exactly what entity you're dealing with. I mean, you think you're dealing with, uh, you know, a former queen in this location when it could be, you know, another resident that just happened to do a delivery, you know, so yeah. you, don't, you don't know what entity you're dealing with in, in a lot of them. So, yeah, you know. that's where it gets pretty sketchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, in terms of sounds, of course, you guys use digital recorders or EVPs. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the EVPs, you know, some are class A, some are not as as much. Mm-hmm. Um, do you usually get a lot of EVPs that are not class A, like class A would be more rare, right? Uh, class A would be your perfect EVP. Yeah. Um, crystal clear. You know what it's saying. Uh, class B, you have a pretty good idea of what it's saying. Um, little tough areas making it 
making out what it's trying to say, but you, you got a good idea. Class C is just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's when you're really passing it around your team going, what do you think this says? Yeah, I don't even think that would even make it as a class C. Not even just a... <laughs> yeah, that'd be a class C probably. Um, but um, yeah, we, we get many of those. Um, I would probably say my favorite class A which was as clear as a bell, was at the Lizzie Borden house. And we had just finished an investigation in the room where Mrs. Borden was murdered. And we were wrapping it up for the evening. And I started to take some pictures in the hall right outside that doorway. And I turn around and I heard a baby crying. I heard it with my ears. I heard it live as if the baby was standing right next to me in a carriage. I asked everybody, did you just hear a baby cry? Two people, I think, heard it. Most of the group thought I was insane. (laughs) I I went back to my audio that night when I was reviewing it, and I heard the baby live. I captured it on audio, and I was so thankful that I got that because people were really thinking I was insane. But, yeah, I captured a baby crying. That's just the best because you heard it with your own ears, and then you caught it. So that's kind of rare, right? Very rare, very rare to actually hear something. And for as long as I did, I heard it like twice. Wow. And it captured both times. And somebody said, well, maybe somebody was walking a baby in the baby carriage out front. I'm like, no, it was one o'clock in the morning. No one was walking. (laughs) No, there was no baby then. Right. And I was taking pictures with my camera in the street. There was nobody out. It was just no pun intended, but dead outside. No contamination. Right. Yeah. No contamination from outside world whatsoever. Now, the thing that made that interesting was there was a relative of Lizzie Borden's, uh, the relative of her father's that used to live. I think it was on the property or attached to the property before the murders, before the famous murders. And she had unfortunately killed her three children. Oh, wow. And one one of them was a baby. Okay. I've never heard this. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's not, not, uh, you you have to find the story and dig for it a a little bit. It's not publicly out there as prominent as the Lizzie Borden murders, but Uh it is out there. And I believe she threw the children down a well, which was probably maybe eight feet from the location where we heard the baby cry. Mm. So again, don't know if that's connection. Or, but it was pretty intense to hear that. It just left yeah. you with chills after capturing that and then finding that out. Yeah. I think I think it was John Zavis who had mentioned that about the baby and Brian Cano. They told me read up on this. You're going to be surprised when you see when you read this. Wow. So that's pretty amazing. I would I would say so that there is that very likely that there is a connection there. Yeah. So. Wow. So, um, yeah, you actually, you answered a couple of my questions because I was going to ask you if you ever heard a sound, a disembodied voice, and then captured it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm glad you went through the different classifications of, of EVP. Um, I would imagine you capture a lot of residual sounds as well, like yes. bangs and, you know, different things like that, raps and taps. Always, always. We were at uh, Fort William Henry. and uh, oh, we- I was just there myself this summer. Mm-hmm. Did you get anything? <laughs> I did personally, <laughs> but that's another conversation. Okay. Yeah, that place is pretty active. Yeah, um, it is. I, I definitely, I got led um, in a tour, but uh, let's just say that the person that led the tour was not alive. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Which tends to happen to me a lot. <laughs> but um, we were in the gunpowder room uh, in the fort yep. and um we were trying to do an EVP session. We were quiet for a few moments. We actually heard marching. We heard soldiers marching right above us. There wow. was nobody there. We were the only ones there. And it was the creepiest feeling ever to actually hear the marching. It just gave you the chills. Wow, I just got the chills now. Actually, for me, um, I was warned by one of the soldiers to not go downstairs um, where the museum part is. I'm like, why Why shouldn't I go downstairs? And it turns out that downstairs used to be where they did the surgeries. It was the ho- it was the emergency, like the hospital. Yeah. And I yeah. didn't even know that. They're like, oh, don't go down there. And I went down there and um, 
I, you know, I started seeing all these different very graphic visuals and just feeling very uncomfortable and things. So the soldier was actually trying to steer me away from, from going down there. Um, so for me, that was pretty much the most intense part of it. Now, was that in the actual the gift shop portion? Uh, I'm sorry, not the gift. Yeah, not the gift shop. Um, it was in the fort itself. Hmm. Oh, okay. In the museum I, I part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know where. Now the gift shop though does have activity. I was picking that up, and um, just quickly, I was picking up a lot of things going on by the bathrooms. Does that make sense? Exactly. Okay. Because I had uh, no idea, but that's where I was drawn to. Yeah. When we were when we were there, we were told there's a family, uh, actually, um, of about three or four of them that just mm. hang out in there back by the bathroom. Are there shadows by that bathroom? Yeah. Because that's what I got they, in my head. Okay. They appear as shadows. Oh, okay. Like All right, great. So you're confirming, you're validating me because I right. didn't even know and uh, I didn't get to speak with you. So yeah. <laughs> thank you. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I was uh, personally picking up as a, as a psychic medium. So thanks for confirming that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I have to tell you. I could tell yeah. you so much more, but we'd be here way too long. But oh, I know. I'll talk know to you too. after about it. But wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with, with the different sounds that you pick up, so, um, have you ever picked up anything that was like, um, very threatening, something that maybe was telling you to yelling, like, get out, or I don't want you here, or even yes. profanity or, or something of that nature? Yes. We, we've gotten a lot of, uh, get out, uh, statements. <laughs> yeah. That's like the classic, but it's true. We yep. have, uh, trying to think of, we, we've gotten some profanity. We we mm. had gotten one. There was a haunted bar. Uh, it used to be called Lulu's. And uh, we had captured some profanity uh, during an EVP session and spirit box session there. Every time we tried to do a spirit box session, we were getting cursed left and right. We just, you know, oh, wow. nipped that in the bud. But, mm. yeah, it was just, uh, I'm not exactly sure what was in there, but it wasn't a nice, nice thing. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that could definitely happen. But I'm glad. I mean, I know you guys, you don't use um, any kind of, um, you know, taunting or anything like that. So no, no, because, you know, provoking. People, there were some people who swear by provoking. That's not what we do. We, we do not do that. I mean, uh, it gets responses. I mean, it's it, it, technically, mm -hmm. I mean, it does. But mm -hmm. at the same token, you have to understand the consequences of doing that and say, all right, well, I'll take on those consequences. Right. But the thing is, is you may say that and think of yourself, but what you're not thinking about is that it may bypass you and attach to everybody on your team. Right. Right. You know, could be your that's exactly that. that's exactly right. Or doing that in a location where you're trying to help clients right. that can also make activity worse for them, which is the opposite of what your team is trying to do. Exactly. Right. Because exactly. you're, you're trying to help resolve these hauntings, not necessarily just get activity to raise right we're there to help people we're right, not yeah. there to make the situation worse so i mean you, you just can't go in there guns blazing i mean yeah you, you can't i mean you you put a tremendous amount at risk if you do that and not just for yourself but everyone else who's involved with that case and it's not something that you want to do i mean at that point you might as well just take out a whole bunch of ouija ports and have a field day but oh, you know. oh yeah that's a whole other <laughs> there's another subject altogether. yes yeah. so you so you uh, apparently you don't use a ouija boards in cases <laughs> No, we don't. No, we don't. We try to keep it as clean as possible. You know, mm -hmm. we we pretty much try to rule out anything that's, you know, find a reasonable explanation for what's happening. And uh, we try to work with what's there. We don't want to drag out anything else in the meantime. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know what? That just leads me to a question, though. Have you had cases where clients have actually uh, used Ouija boards or they've done, you know, have occult practices or anything like that. And I'm not putting down the occult because I've mm -hmm. been a part of it for years. Mm -hmm. However, not everyone is always, you know, uh, good. <laughs> you know, they're doing it with good intent or not everyone knows what they're doing. So have you had cases where that might be why the activity started? Some kind of occult practice, opening doors? We did have a few cases that where that started the activity. Okay, so I yeah. can confirm that uh, there there was one particular home that was owned by a couple that uh, 
I'm not exactly sure what rituals they use, but the new family that moved in, they found a pentagram under a rug. Okay. And um, they weren't, they went, the activity started pretty much the week after they had moved into the new home and they started ripping up the carpets and everything. Um. Now, activity can you know, spur up when you're remodeling for some reason. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're not exactly sure if it was just from the basic renovations that were being right that were taking place in the home or if it was related to whatever type of practices the couple before actually did in the house because these people had something very negative in their home uh they were they said the animals would just go crazy i feel very dark right now and i'm just going to tell you how i feel as a medium Mm -hmm. i'm getting a very a heavy dark feeling on my chest so I'll take that as that, especially too, if anyone is going to put a pentagram on their ground, I mean, I don't, I feel that's more towards the darker arts, mm-hmm. the left-handed path. Yeah, there and, were um, other symbols. I feel of, dark about it. Um, right. It wasn't like a Wiccan practice. There nope, I, that's not what I'm getting. Home. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm getting at all. Um, so I really, really feel like it's not even so much the renovation, but it's the, it's the rituals that took place. Absolutely. That- that's how we, you know, we felt also. Oof, yeah, I feel but heavy they, right now. They got cleansed. They had a priest come to the home. Very good. The home. Uh, they, they actually uh, got rid of the floor. They chopped it all up, laid down a new floor. Uh, and everything okay. was fine after that. But it, it's, you know, you just don't know what you're dealing with. When you have, you have to really use caution. A lot of times people think that this is just, you know, a fly-by-night thing. But it's not. You really you get involved you get involved with the families that you work with and you it just doesn't end when you leave for the investigation the treatment continues you know you're there for that family if they call again in six months you're there for that family it just doesn't end by taking some videos and some audio work and leaving Yeah. yeah i absolutely relate to you and just in the clearing work that i do too Um, I'm always keeping in contact with that client and I I let Mm -hmm. them know after I give the service, like make sure that you let me know how is everything going? You know, if I haven't heard from them, I'll check up on them. How is everything after it? You know, Mm -hmm. that, that's what you, that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now with, you you said like a lot of times these investigations, it doesn't end there. And that's very true because what about bringing home things? Have you ever brought home any kind of spirit with you, either positive or negative? Oh, yeah. I I definitely had something negative follow me home years Mm. back. Uh, This was due to someone on the team provoking. Uh, Okay, so that's just confirming that. Okay. This was an old, old... uh, this happened years back and this, you know, it wasn't my team. It was someone else's team. And, uh, there was a lot of provoking going on in, in one particular area of a very, um, haunted prison on murderers row. And there, uh, there was a murder that was committed on the ground that we were standing in front of. And this person was like, come on, you think you're so tough? Attack me. Go ahead. Punch me. Go ahead. Right, do this yeah, to me. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know what? I'm not here for this. This is not what we're doing. You know, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm out of this. This is not right. You know, mm-hmm. and the person, oh, you know, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to, this person's not going to do nothing. Didn't do anything all night. Nothing's going to happen. And sure enough, guess what followed me home? Yeah. D- didn't touch the other person, but followed me home. Right. Because your light was the vulnerability. I guess. I, yeah. I feel. And I yeah. had I had to deal with this thing for three solid weeks. Oh my lord, that and must have been hell. It was a living hell for every single night. I was woken up, I was punched, and I was hit. You were punched. Time. Yeah, punched in the shoulder. Like you could actually feel the physical punch of it. Yeah, it would wake me up night, every single night Jeez. for three weeks. I didn't sleep. I looked like the Walk of the Dead. Literally, I was so exhausted. <sighs> I couldn't talk to anybody about it because number one, who would believe me, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had to seek solutions from, you know, other people that I knew and I knew it was a dark entity. So I got the help from a lot of different other people in the field who guided me through it and pretty much, you know, don't show the fear right? and, you know, just tell it to get out of your house. It's your house. Just tell it to go away. Uh, sounds crazy. Sounds bizarre. But it was so real. And I had the bruises to prove it. No, I, I believe you. These, these and, things could do a lot. 
and I, you know, the screams in my face and in my ear, it was right in my face every night. And not only did I experience it, but I had another investigator on the team experience very, very similar for the same three weeks. The, the two of us were going through it together. So yeah. So that's the chance that you take for the listeners that are, are hearing this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to go out there and to provoke and to taunt. Um, you, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say don't do it. Uh, no one really is going to say don't do it. But mm-hmm. if you know the consequences and you're okay with that, to, to go ahead and to go to that measure, just understand that things like this can very well happen. And yeah. it, it can happen to you. I know like some people are like, oh, it may happen to someone else, but not me. It's not going to happen to me. But you, you don't thing, know that. Right. The other thing, too, that you have to take into consideration also is that um, a lot of times when you when you're involved in that negative, that whole dark side of the whole paranormal thing, the dark side, the, de- the demon side yeah. and all of that and the farther into it that you get without pulling yourself out, you will go into a downward spiral. I've seen it happen to Yes, people. They were so into provoking and they were so into this and so into that. And their whole lives just decided they go up in smoke, you know? Yeah, it's you're like, affecting everything around you. You're affecting your relationships. You're mm-hmm. affa- Well, first of all, you're affecting your health um, exactly. mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, even spiritually on levels that you just don't even realize that I, I've recently learned about. I mean, crazy things. Um, but you're also affecting the people around you. You're, you're affecting your ability to manifest correctly within your life. You're affecting your, your dream space you're just affecting every single aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just to understand that and something to think about. And you're right. When you are into that really dark stuff and that's all and there's no balance to it, you got to think your life is going to be balanced in that direction as well. Mm-hmm. So and it's yeah. so true. So true. I mean, we've witnessed it. We've witnessed it for people uh, of people that we knew that, operated that way or or felt that way uh totally not how we feel when we're working with a case um we don't work like that Mm -hmm. and we don't work with anybody who does that but um yeah we've witnessed it we've witnessed it a lot in the field and it's it's a shame because a lot of times people don't realize it until they're so far down in that hole like you know what did i do you know how did i get here well we could tell you a little bit how you got there yeah do you feel that a lot of these people that these things happen to they're without a spiritual path or they're kind of agnostic where they're not even sure where their belief system lies i think so um because it's very easy if you do this type of work i mean we we hear it all the time like i don't believe in this i don't believe in that i'm gonna go to that location right nothing's gonna get me nothing's gonna happen to me there's no such thing as a devil so if you don't believe there's a devil then you don't believe that there's a god and it works both ways you know what i mean right exactly so naturally you're not gonna have fear that you're gonna go to a bad place you're not gonna have any fear that you're going to incite something negative because you don't believe in something you know what i mean like it's yeah Exactly. Tumbling effect there. But um, yeah, we witness that a lot. We do witness it a lot. And, you know, I guess people have to find out on their own. But it's it's just you feel bad for them. You don't want them to get hurt. You don't want, you know, that's why we we try to educate people. I mean, what you do is your business. But we, for the most part, you know, especially young people who try to get into this field, they see the TV shows, they see everything, they want to do the same thing. Yeah, I want to end on that because we're, we're actually, uh, I can't believe how, how time goes, but yet again. <laughs> but um, this is actually a really good note to end on is what you would suggest to people who would like to get into the field, who are curious, who are seekers and whatnot. Well, don't just go by a TV show. Find, you can watch your TV shows, gain some knowledge yeah. uh, for the equipment, the procedures. Yeah, because, you know, but, shows are very helpful because right. some people are like, ah, oh, the shows, the shows, the shows are awful, they're awful. Um, but, you know, I, I think that you just have to be very open to everything right. you're seeing and just use your discernment. Right, exactly. And, you know, don't just base it on the show because the show's only giving you like a quick pick. You know what I mean? There's yes. so much more behind the scenes that, that takes place. Right. And um, 
you know, do your research, read your books, read about the locations, read what each piece of equipment does, do your own research, be your own investigator. And that, that's the information that I would relay to anybody trying to get into this field. Anybody can do it. Yes. But you got to do it with a level head and you have to be well informed of what you're getting yourself into and understand, you know, if you're, you're facing something negative, you know, you be aware of that, you know, and take it one step at a time and don't just start provoking and think you just be level-headed even keel know your equipment know your location and know what you're dealing with at all times including the client because you will have clients that will try to trick you you will have clients that will try to bring you to their location swear it's haunted just because they want to get on tv you will have you know you'll have every different type of client under the sun you know because just it's just the way it is, like everything else, you know, it's, but you're dealing with the public. That's, that's what it is. You yeah. get all kinds of people out there. So you just have to be aware at all times. Yeah, I think that's well said. And I'll just kind of add my view of that as mm-hmm. know what your intention is. Know why you're getting into it to begin with. What is the bigger scope? What is the whole picture of it? Exactly. And, and understand that when you're searching for spirits, that the word spiritual is in that. And so if you're not aware of the quote unquote spiritual within your own life and within the own, your own scheme of things, then you probably want to learn about that too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because then you're just, you're going to have a lot more knowledge under your belt to utilize. Exactly. And you'll do things for the right reasons. And again, like I really feel that your team does do things for the right reasons and you're helping people and and I love that. I love that you're there and you're you're educating and you're you're definitely there to to do the right thing. So I appreciate you coming on. And do you have any events that are coming up? Uh, not right now. We're working okay. on a couple of film projects right now. Oh, okay. But we'll keep you posted on those. Any lectures or anything like that? Yeah, just forward them my way, and of course I'll post them so that way people know. And um, what are the best ways to get in contact with you or your team, Gotham? Email is always the best way. You can find all our emails are located on our website. We also have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So you can find us on all those resources. And our website is GothamPRS.com. Awesome. Fantastic. Love always talking to you, Angela. Always a joy. And Uh, um, yeah, just stay in the line and we'll definitely we'll chat a little bit after the show. Um, thank you listeners for listening to the podcast. As always, um, theparanormalpriestess.com, The Paranormal Priestess on Facebook, and to follow the show on Twitter, at PriestessPod. Uh, as I say at the end of my shows, I'm going to continue to say it. From the heart of the darkness is born the light. Take care of each other. Many blessings. Be well. Until next time, take care, guys. Bye-bye.